Welcome to episode number two of Mike Lerner's New in LA. Today we have on the show Alex Bay, good friend of mine. He's a writer, director, producer, actor. He makes a lot of cool shorts, uh, cool films. Uh, he's been in some cool commercials. He's been the star writer director of his own feature called Warren. I suggest you guys go look that up. I believe it's on Vimeo, it's on Amazon. Um, he has a new short film coming out called Three Women. You can look that trailer up on Vimeo. I'll include the link in the SoundCloud description for you guys. And um, yeah, we had a great episode talking in his apartment in Koreatown. We talked about his start as a filmmaker, where he grew up outside of Chicago. We also talked about, uh, obviously, his new film, Three Women, and his love for Woody Allen movies. Uh, also remember that Mike Lerner's New in LA is sponsored by The Merch Dude. So you can go to themerchdude.com, order yourself some cool shirts, some stickers, or whatever the hell you'd like. And I believe you can still put in the offer code Mike upon checkout. I'll check with the merch dude if that's still available. Hopefully it is. And uh, yeah, so here's episode two of Mike Learner's New in LA. Enjoy, guys. Let's go. How you doing? All right, don't move your hands around too much. Okay. How do you feel when uh, when people invite you to your house, to their house, and then they tell you to take your shoes off? I can't stand that. You yeah. Know, Mike, yeah. I can't stand that. I think that's, uh, you know, and my uncle's probably going to listen to this, Uncle Joe. Uh, but, uh, you know, actually, I hope he doesn't listen to this because, uh, you know, I, I don't really, I, I think it's, it's a little bit of a calm it down a little bit. You know what I mean? Like calm, calm down. I it's, gotta tell you, you told me to put this, uh, uh, glass of water. You said, don't put it on the book, put it on the Manhattan. Well, well it's DVD. a, it's a Dennis Hopper book, you know? I understand that. You can put it on. Here's why I would never work in the military. Cause I don't like being told what to do. Sure. I understand. But you have like kind of a military shirt on right now. It's a, it's a vintage uh, Dayton, Ohio air show shirt. Right. Makes sense. I'm hoping, you know, a plane went down that day. I hope not. Yeah. I, I hope yeah. so. Do I not get any earphones? No. No. Because okay. I'm just making sure okay, good, that good. you sound good. You sound Aur- fine. Orally it works. Can you hear me? Does it work orally? Oh, it works. I, I can't hear anything you're saying. I can hear you like as a person. Right. You know? That's all That's all you need to know. Yeah, I just sure. want. I just need to make sure that you sound good. Okay, Because if I don't know, then this is a waste of time. Usually I have to make sure that's the case. But so we're, we're in Koreatown, right? That's or right. Kind of. Yeah, Koreatown. You know, if you... If you're getting a little too excited, you, you call it Hancock Park adjacent. You know what I mean? Wow. Okay, so... When you're trying to brag a little bit. So when you're on a date, where do you, yeah. where, where do you live? Hancock yeah. Park. Hmm. Adjacent. adjacent. Well, you know, that's, that's like if you're trying to impress someone too much. But really, the Koreatown goes well these days. People love that. Really? Oh, they love it. Hmm. Yeah, they love Koreatown because it's like up and coming. You know what I'm saying, guy? You know where someone told me to uh, stay, look for a place? They said, look at Atwater Village. It sounds like too far, you know. It's downtown. Highland Park, all that stuff's too far. Uh, I would love to live in Hancock Park because then I could take my dog to, uh, uh, what, do, what do they call it? Uh, the Larchmont. Larchmont. Yeah, I almost yeah, called yeah. it Lancaster. Well, Lancaster's different. I think that would be different. <laughs> Burt <laughs> Lancaster was a... Uh, no, uh, what do they call those guys? Not the Mormons. Um, mm. What do they call them? A Scientologist. No, 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 no. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, uh, The Amish. Uh, the Amish. Yeah. It's not Amish. It's Amish. It sounds funnier when you say Amish. Sure it does. So. Sure it does. So for for those of the people who didn't listen to the introduction at all, and they maybe fast forward it um, to, to, the, to this point right now, we're talking to Alex B.H. Uh, Bay. Bay. B-E-H. Right. Oh, okay. Alex Bay. Yeah, not, not B.H. Not B.H. Okay, no. damn. That's Beverly Hills. Where does that name come from? Is that German? It's al- it's half German, half French. It's Alsace, Al- the Alsace Lorraine, Alsace, oh. Alsace, Alsace Lorraine, yeah. Alsace Lorraine, yeah, Lorraine. 
Yeah, I believe the uh, 101st Infantry dropped in there. It sounds sounds good to me. They probably did. It sounds good to me. I don't know. They missed a lot of their drop points on D-Day, so who knows? Yeah, a lot happened that day. Uh, and, and you're in the pictures? I'm in the motion pictures. Yeah, I'm in the pictures. And we're about the same age. We are. I'm th- well, yeah. Do we want to talk about our age? I'm 31. Are you I'm 33. Than... I'm turning 34 okay. Oh, wow, month. great. August 4th. Are you coming to the birthday? I'll probably have a birthday party somewhere. I mean, if you invite me, I'll probably yeah, come. Yeah, let's do a birthday party. We'll have a birthday party. I'm coming to your screen next week. Yep, it's going to be great. Great. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Maybe I should upload this on Wednesday. On, yeah, So you maybe should. like some people could show up and well, be like, hey, I heard you pri- on the podcast. Technically, it's a private screening. Then they can't come. I'll put it up on Friday. Fuck them. Whatever you want to say. Yeah. You know, sure. I put the first one up on Friday, and I kind of don't want to change it How did it, it a lot of downloads, uh, tons of downloads. I don't even know if it can get downloads because I put it on SoundCloud for now. That's sure. that's who's hosting it. But there's some plays, which is good. That's great. There's some plays. Great. Uh, I figure the more I do these things, the more, the more people plays will listen. You'll get. And maybe right. you get back backlog plays. I hope I get a guaranteed like. No, I get another interview when when you start getting a lot like, of plays, like the Alex Bay Part Two. Sure, sure. Joe, Joe Rogan does that. You know the Nerdist. Oh, I like that. that. I like those guys. The uh, nerdist? Well, yeah, I know Lydia Hurst is, who's marrying uh, Chris Hardwick, uh, yeah, right, right. our boy. Yeah, our I got to tell you what, this seems like a town where a lot of that happens. Yeah, I know this guy. Who knows this guy? Well, Lydia and I did a picture together. Oh, you did? Which year. one was that? It's called Swing State. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. coming out uh, hopefully before the election. I'm having my whole team see it on Tuesday, a little private secret screening at the, uh, at the at a screening room where they're doing the post uh, on it. And, um, and and Lydia was lovely and fantastic. And so that's a movie uh, where you play a DJ who isn't doing too well, but then decides to do the, the whole um, right-wing radio host who's known for being provocative, and then your listenership starts to go up, or am I wrong? That's about actually it? a really nice summary of it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's about a guy who's a, yeah, it's a DJ. What if I just repeated exactly what you just said? No, yeah, it's a good summary, but actually, it's the same thing you just said. Sure. Uh, essentially, he uh, he's he's a he's a DJ on uh, on uh, what was it called? Uh, oh gosh, I hope Jonathan Sheldon's not listening to this. The director, he's probably get upset at me right oh, now. Oh man, the but director. I don't want to get the director. He's hosting uh, the um, uh, all, all it, well, all right. Talk is the is the is the is the talk radio, and then there's um. Uh, ears wide shut. So I host ears wide shut on Seattle's finest. And no ninety seven nine Seattle's finest. Oh wow, that's really good. You know what I mean, wow ninety seven nine Seattle's finest. Let's see if I can try and do that. Let's do it. Uh, ninety seven nine. No, I can't do it. I don't have a voice. It's, uh, for radio. it's really you got to have a lot of that baritone in there. You know, are you uh, getting the back of your? You throat? feel that? Do you feel that, Mike? You got a bit of Casey Kasem there. You got to have some cadence in your voice, Mike. You know, it's at ninety-seven-nine Seattle's finest. This is ears wide shut with Ethan Smith, and uh, we're here live talking to Mike Lerner. Mike, how the hell are you today? I'm doing all right. Great, um, great. So you came over here. You're here at Alex Bay's house, having a nice time, drinking a water. Guy gave you a water. That's huge. He had a Brita filter. Well, that's amazing. Wow. I haven't seen wow. any of those since I got here. And here's the new song from The Cure. All right. No, there is so no. The, yeah. Right. So you do that. So he's doing that. He's doing the thing. And then he's got, and then he gets, uh, one day, uh, the character played by Richard Reilly, who's, if you don't remember, it's uh, it's the, the guy from Office Space who's saying, no, I, I, I take papers to the people. I, I'm a people. I'm a people person. <laughs> right. and, and he goes, what would you say? You do here, right, right, right. Yeah, that, I, I, the guy I, I, who gets frustrated. Yeah, yeah, he's sure. hilarious. So Richard really is hilarious. He's a friend, and he's uh, 
he's he's playing this guy who has a, has a Tom Fleischman show. Okay. And Tom doesn't show up one day, and Mark L. Young, whose house I'm going to today for a pool party. I mean, you're more than welcome. But no, I got work. To it's do. not really a pool party. But I got to work with a star. Sure. Is what I got to do. I understand. Who's the star? Uh, her name's Sophia Carson. Oh. Uh, she's on Hollywood Records. And um, I worked with her a bit before I actually came out to L.A. Uh, it was one of the last jobs, freelance jobs I did. So uh, she liked working with me, and uh, she's going to be in the studio, and she wanted someone to come in and you know do some video and photo work. And uh, my guy over at Hollywood, Craig, my guy, you said, guy, uh, yeah, guy said, Craig. what are you doing Saturday? I said, really nothing. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, you got to hustle. Anyway. Um, so, so Mark is uh, my kind of station, uh, kind of my guy, he helped, the programmer guy, you know? Sure. And he... Um, he goes. He goes. Ethan, dude, we need someone to fill in. Tom. Tom doesn't didn't show up. Like someone's got to fill in for his name. I was like, dude, I'll do it. No big deal. So I fill in. And I come. I I create this character named Charles Fern, who becomes kind of a national sensation. He's a right wing, loud talking, liberal. T- you know, he talked like he. What's one of the lines? I forgot. This is Charles Fern, live from All Right Talk. You know, he's got his very like ridiculous kind of voice. You sure. know. And um, he's a lot of fun, very, very vibrant personality and uh, different, a little different than Ethan, who's a little bit down and out and having a rough time and ultimately has to take this job that compromises his, his morals, his ideas, his right. notions, and it becomes a massive hit. And then he's kind of stuck with this, like, worried about now I'm, I'm bashing the girl who I'm in love. So he's in love with this girl and her mom is running for uh, governor, Susan oh Davies. Right. And... Uh, one day, you know, Ethan, or I'm sorry, um, Charles Fern starts off, Ethan, or uh, she, he goes, you know, Susan Davies lives in a glass house in an ivory tower, you know what I mean? Just right, like a total sure. mess. Um, but, um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a cool movie. It feels a little bit like it has the elements of like a Tommy Boy, sure. or elements of some, some Ace a little bit in there. I saw, I saw the trailer. It's fun. Yeah. You know, You're wearing bow ties. I wear a lot did of bow ties. Did they say, here, look at this, this is Tucker Carlson. We want you yeah. to look like that. Exactly. That's exactly what they said. Really? No. But that sounds good to me. Damn it. Yeah, that's okay. I try to come up with things, and usually I think I'm right. <sighs> do you think, Do you think? let's talk about reality for a second. Okay, let's look at... Living you, in reality? No, yeah, living in reality. But, sure. of course, put a mirror up to your movie. Sure. Do you think that there are some people out there on either side of the political, um, let's say, entertainment business, business who are maybe complete fakes? Who are just doing it for ratings? Who are just possibly doing it for money? We don't have to name names, but do you think that that probably exists? I would think, right? It's. I mean, look. Uh, what isn't? I feel like Hollywood is maybe one of the most desired destinations on the planet, or Beverly Hills, or the motion picture business. I think is probably one of the most desired entertainment. Yeah. Celebrity. Sure. Uh, so I would imagine with that would be the runoff of people that are like in it for simply finding a way to make money. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, right? Yeah. Fakes? I, I think so. Maybe. Because sometimes they... Let's I think t- the best take- entertainment is, is authentic entertainment. You take Bill O'Reilly, a guy sure. like Bill O'Reilly. Your, your favorite I'm, friend, your pal. No, no, no. I dislike Bill O'Reilly. I'm a guy on the right, but I dislike okay. Bill O'Reilly. Okay. Just because I, I kind of look at him and I'm like, there's no way this is who this guy really is, right? Like, there, there's no way. I saw him interview Obama, and I thought it was a really fun, hilarious kind of inter- interaction. Right. You know, Obama and him are opposed, right? But then, but then, like, Bill kind of admires him, right. you know? And Obama kind of admires Bill. There's this weird kind of, like, we're both famous, and right. we're both kind of, like, in a club together. Sure. So there's this kind of uni- use a, there's a unity there. Yeah, I think so. I just think it's all fake. I don't know about that. Uh, well, who knows? Well, I mean, technically, isn't like you're watching a motion picture with people that were wearing costumes and putting on makeup and, you know. That, that's fake. Well, that's, I don't know what fake means, what that means. These, these are people I know that, what you mean. I know, I know what fake means. I'm just saying, 
I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Right. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I guess we'll let the listener decide. Uh, Maybe so, they'll chime in. Any listeners want to? Oh, we're t- we're getting a call. Are we getting a call? No, there are no calls. Sally from uh, Iowa is calling. No. Okay. No. Never mind. No one's calling. Never mind. I, I, well, it's not live. It w- we should make. We're it recording live. it live. We should make it live. Technically, it's live. Oh my gosh, we should we should Facebook live this right now. Should no? we? Do you? I don't know. No one would watch it if I put it up. I, would, I don't have a lot of. Let's see Facebook if we can friends. go Facebook live here. Um, is that would you be down with that? Let's I don't care. Happens. Sure, why not? Let's see what happens. I don't want to really go too it's, live. You know what though? It's Saturday though. Let's not go live. Let's not do that. I don't want to go live. People got more important things to do on a weekend. It's not even that. I, a, I don't even know how to go live right now because well, Periscope's I think the live kind of thing. I think that's a Twitter-owned property. Oh, here we go, live, um, live with Mike Lerner. Oh man, are you, oh, no. you, you going to do this? Should we do this? I no, know. I kind of don't want to. Okay, then don't do it. We won't do it. Okay, got it. Let's go. Just all right. I keep going. How long have you been in LA, Alex? In on November fifth, it will be nine years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I moved here November 5th, 2007 and uh, drove a rental car past Picketers at Universal to the... Um, was that during the writing strike? It was right on the first day of the writing strike, Monday of the writing strike. What a day to come in. What a perfect day to, to move to Los Angeles. The right. perfect day. And you moved from Chicago, correct? The, mig- the Midwest? Yes, correct. I moved here, drove a rental, a rental. maybe it was a Dodge Avenger to uh to meet with scott wine at the osbrink agency Mm -hmm. and i had another meeting which was with um i had to turn my car in and a week later i had a meeting at mks uh called mitchell k stubbs agency and i met with mitchell and and at the time a woman named cindy and they they were my first agents out here uh because i had an agent back in chicago that said you should meet these guys right and um it was wild. I was living on couches. Uh, Were you carless too? I, w- I rented a car for a few weeks. Okay. And didn't have a car after that. And I think I had to rent a car again. I mean, you know, one of these things where it was just like, yeah. And then I bought a 1984 Volvo for $550 off of Craigslist. I got to tell you, that's a good vehicle. It's a silver car. It right. was gorgeous. If, if you could, let's say you had kids. Sure. 30 years down. Hypothetically. The- well, you can. You can. Let's let's suppose in this sure. you know, uh, in sort of years. fake scenario I'm giving you, uh, 30 years from now, your kid's 25. Yep. Let's say you have three of them, 25, you're s- 23. You're saying I get started in five years. Sure. Sure, I got it. Okay. And then they surprise you on Father's Day sure. 30 years later. They say, Dad, we got you that car that you had when you first moved to L.A. Look, it's this 1984 f- silver Volvo. How would you feel? I mean... <laughs> I uh, I don't know. That's a great. I, you know, I've never been asked that question. Have you seen those videos though? Like these viral videos of the kids buying their parents like their first, first car? car. Yeah, yeah. No, that's hilarious. That'd Some, be awesome. There was this one video I found where this one guy found his father's, I think like '64 Impala. Like it was the guy's actual car. No way. And like, yeah, some guy had it in Canada. Wow. Yeah. I uh, my first car was a 1989 Audi 80. Ooh. I was uh, I babysat for it 50 times one year. Had yeah, to babysit fifty times to get the car. Really? Yeah. These this this family down the in Winneka where I grew up uh, said, you know, Tom Spielberger, great guy. He's like, Alex, listen, I'm gonna get. How about this? How about this? Babysit fifty times. I'll give you my Audi. Are you serious? <laughs> what is what is this? Is this real? I don't know. And he would still like tip me and thing. I think I still made money somehow. Did, was that a two door or a four door? It was a four door Audi eighty. It never started in the winter. I had to put a space heater in the engine to heat the engine up so that it would start. Wow. And it was just like praying every time you get in there. Yeah. You literally would just you would just pray 
and turn the thing. I had a two-door 87 Corolla. Sure. But it looked cool. It had like those fold-up lights. I like it. And I think about within the first two weeks I had it, I used to drive it to school. This was junior year. Drove around it because in uh, in New York, I think you got your uh, permit at 15. You got your license at 16. Uh, My friend in his car, my best friend, he backed into it. Wow. I think pretty much on purpose. He's, he's, to this day, he'll say it was an accident. But Backed into your car. Backed into the uh, the driver's side door. Wow. Yeah. What that was ass. my first car. What an asshole. Yeah. So you're on couches. So I'm on, yeah, I'm on you're, couches. You're surfing I sta- around L.A. Yeah, the first couch the first couch I stayed on was um, Myra Velasco's couch, who was a grip at the time. Very, very like deep, deep union grip. For people who don't know, what does a grip do? Cause oh, I don't grip electric is someone that on a set would like carry C-stand, set up lights. Okay. Um, the cinematographer tells his gaffer how he wants the lighting to feel, and the gaffer in, imparts the... Sure. The, the crew to to go engage and do their to, to do what it do what the cinematographer would like. Okay. Uh, based on what the director would like. Ultimately. Sure. Um, and uh, the grip. Uh, so anyway, Myra lived had a boyfriend or whatever, and they uh, maybe they're married now. I hope they're well. I hope they're lovely. And I stayed there, and then um, I stayed in the Vogler's house, or no, Aaron Van Voris and his wife, and I stayed there on their uh, in their spare room, and then. Um, January of that year, I moved my ex girlfriend at the time out, and we uh, we drove out to sh- from Chicago to L.A. in the in the in the dead of winter, like, oh, wow. the yeah. dead of winter. Through Arizona, stopped and said hello to the grandma and the, and the uncles and stuff, and had a great time and the grandfather at the time. and And then we came here and uh, we moved into this place in Koreatown. Weirdly enough, oddly enough, how far away from where we are right now? Blocks away, really, blocks away. Wow. And um, lived there for a while. Then I moved downtown. And lived in a in a loft with because of Steve Opperman who gave me this Rothko print. It's a print, guys. It's not. A, it, people would come over and it it could be a five to ten million dollar painting, right? But, but or it, more, sure. But it's just a print, guys. Um, and the I Opper- can tell that because it says Mark Rothko. On, oh, you like, can tell. Yeah, he doesn't feel like a painting. Yeah, okay. I don't think he used that yeah, type I don't of font. Yeah, I don't think he fonted his thing out. That doesn't make sense. But um. Opperman's gave me that. So, Opper, so Steve Opperman told me he loved one of my films, and he had this kind of men's group that met every Wednesday that we'd all like whatever. And um, I we had dinner one night, and then he showed me around the place because there was five or six guys living. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Five or six guys living in a loft. Sure. And there was an extra bed. I was like, oh, oh, interesting. There's an extra bed. He goes, yeah. Do you need it? Do you need a bed? I'm like, yeah. So I, I, I moved in with them, and we lived there for three years. Oh, wow. And, um, and I lived downtown, and then I, then I met someone and lived in Toluca Lake for a while, and then left there, came back downtown. Where is that? Toluca, that's, Toluca that's up Lake. in the valley, up in North Hollywood, close okay. to there. It's in, uh, it's in kind of in Studio City area. I think that's where I'm going after here, a place called Tajunga Road. Tahunga. Tahunga. That's Tahunga, okay. guys. All right, that's Tahunga, right. guys. So Tahunga and... We, My- Mike, Mike Lerner's new in L.A. Yeah, Mike Lerner's in L.A. New in so, L.A. So, uh, so what were you doing? Uh, were, you, were, you, were you always making movies? So in Chicago, were you making movies? So um, uh, my, my, in my head, I was. Okay. Um, that sounds fine. Uh, my, my, my mom was a drama teacher, is a drama teacher still. Um, she taught like Billy Zane and Daryl Hannah. Oh, really? Yeah, back in Chicago. Um, she teaches at a school called Francis Parker. And my, my father was and still is a trader, but he was really deep and was a, you know, on financial. 
Trading floor, yeah, like option, like like option, like corn options and beans and stuff. Futures, futures, all that stuff, right? Whatever. So, um, so I, um, he taught, he raised me on like Sergio Leone pictures, the uh, the, the 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 Clint Eastwood stuff. Sure. Uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you know, fistful of dollars for a few dollars more. And then when I was like two or three, I I, I feel like it was two or three. I was in the. I was at a North. I was at a. I was at a Thanksgiving. You remember this? I think so. Yeah. I was at a Thanksgiving. I just remember this very vividly. Seeing Blues Brothers when I was really young, and I was like, "How do I? What do I do with that? How do I? How do I have that? What does right. that look like?" And um, and uh, I always wanted to watch it. Then I always wanted to watch Ghostbusters. Then I always wanted to watch. You know, like I think Ferris Bueller was out early when I was in. Yeah, it was eighty five or something. So early on, and then Back to the Future. Right. So I had all these movies that I loved, and um, and then um, it wasn't until it wasn't for a long time, but in college I started taking some screenwriting class, um, and then I was in a play, and I was in this play, and I looked at this actor kid next to me, and I never really did acting or thought I did it, um, but I looked to this kid, and I was like, "Is this acting?" He goes, "Yeah." I was like, "I'm in, sold." Mm-hmm. So kind of long story short, I was uh, back in Chicago. I, I studied at Second City Improv Olympic, um, Piven Theater, and my buddy said, you need to meet this guy named Nate Brown. Nate Brown and I got lunch at Potbelly's downtown, I think. Anyway, um, and Nate um, Nate said, you're perfect for this short film I'm producing. You should, you should audition for this thing. And so I did. Got to know some ca- David O'Connor, the casting director, and then I didn't get the part. It was down to me and this guy. And he said, you didn't get the part, but I want you to produce it with me. So I was like, it was like three weeks out from production. Right. And he goes, just get in the trenches with me. So I got in the trenches of this thing. I, I learned everything about producing and, you know, prepping a film and, and hiring crew and, and uh, you know, sound, sound guys and uh, grip, electric, whatever, you know, the whole thing. Um, Is that what the producer's in charge of? Because I, I'm a guy who's totally outside this thing. Uh-huh. I don't yeah. know. When I see credits in film, I only know really, you know, nothing. Of, I don't know what a line producer is. I don't know what an executive producer or producer. Right. I don't know. I'm, ex- I'm assuming that the executive producer is kind of like the head of the, uh, the, head of the picture, kind of. He's making decisions. So, like a CEO of a company, kind of. No, those guys are usually the financing guys, or in Bruckheimer's case, he's the head of the whole thing, and he okay. goes by executive producer. Sure. So there's there's a there's a balance in television. Executive producer is a major thing. In movies, it's still a big deal. It's usually the guys that bring the financing or are orchestrating. Or do the guys who actually write the checks for the budget do they get credit in the movies? Or yes, okay. On my pictures, they get executive producer credits. Right. Um. And uh, and usually they do, yeah. Right. If they don't want it, they they maybe they won't want it. They'll say they don't want anything. But some you know some guys just like to finance movies and not have a credit. You know they just want to be around sometimes and come to set and and uh, allow someone else to go do their dream right. and live out their passion. Um, they also want to make their money back. Sure. So that's the big thing. So producer will orchestrate kind of the activation of the picture. Meaning, like it will the operations. So, like hiring the, and the line producer is the person that the producer would hire. Line producers know all the crew, and so the right. line producer is the person that would hire all the crew, and then actually do the budget and break down the script and make sure it knows how many how many days it's going to be and what's the schedule and how where we're going to be shooting on day one and where we're going to be shooting and shooting on day seven. So for for you, for someone who is an actor 
writer, producer, and director of a lot of your sh- of a lot of your shorts. I mean, all the ones that I've seen anyway, and, and the feature, and right, and the feature. Yeah, I got it. how do you how how are you doing all that at once? Um, so it works for me because I write the script and I write the world and I get in the world and I know the world and I know how it needs to be act like I know how it needs to be operated or IE uh, uh, I know how it needs to be executed mm-hmm. and that would be the directing portion and in prep while you've written the script the script has been written now now it's time to get the movie made so now you're now you're orchestrating the financing through people you know and friends that I, you know I have or people that I know that would you know want to be interested in making a movie and so I'm working on the financing side with my I, uh, I operate with a guy named Orion Williams. Orion Williams produced a little picture called Control. Mm. Uh, Wasn't that the the movie about uh, Joy, Division. Uh, Joy Division? Yes, I love that movie. Yeah, it's an amazing movie. Directed by one of my favorite photographers, yeah. Anton Corbin. Yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. And so, so he produced that movie. He produced Control, and this is a guy you work with. I work with him, and he produced a movie that I made called Warren. Right. Over there. And uh, Orion. Uh, I've is now working on my next one called The Next Darling, okay, which is a little bit of my high fidelity swingers about a guy floundering through singleness. Best friend falls it. in love with his you read it, yeah. Read best it. friend falls in love with his ex girlfriend. Realizes it's not about finding the right girl, but becoming the right man. Right, and uh, uh so we're that putting, was a whirlwind. I know that's a lot. If people weren't paying attention; they missed it. Yeah, it's fine though because I I don't it we I'd rather them see the picture than right. maybe it's good to talk about it. I I uh, we're still putting it all together and. Fingers crossed. Um, but um, and so Orion is the guy who you know knows a lot of the production designers, the uh, costumers, things like that. You know, and so in this phase, I'm producing it, sure, and raising the financing, and then I'm going to direct it, and I know what the character needs. So once we're ready to go, I'll act in it because I know how the character needs to be. And do you think a lot of uh, a lot of great movies have been directed? Uh, by the people who wrote it, um, do you think that do you think that gives a picture a leg up, or do you just think it depends on the director? It just depends, to be honest, and it's it's it wouldn't be fair to say that always that's the case. Um, sometimes that hinders it. Really, sometimes the director needs to direct it so badly that he ends up, or she ends up invading the what the, what the picture could be potentially. But a lot of times, the visionary writes the script, and the visionary knows how to execute the vision so Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing i love that part i love that kind of filmmaking at the same time like some beautiful scripts have been written and scorsese executed them or you know sorkin writes them right he he doesn't direct right no no yeah i've always wondered why someone like him who can write the dialogue he writes uh has never directed his like the actors you would yeah i think he's pretty active on set i actually i i got very close on um newsroom okay and it's a it's a fun. It was a really amazing day, no matter what. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get the part. John Gallagher Jr. got the part, but um, Sorkin was in the room, and it was Francine Maisler and Alan Poole and Greg Matola, and you know, all these guys were in the room. Greg was the, the director, but Sorkin was the director. Right. You know, he was the guy in the room being like, "Alex, that was fucking great. Let's do that again. We're gonna do that, guys. We're doing that again. Alex, do that. Okay, here's what I want. I love that. That was great. I love it." And like, I was just like, all right, let's do this. It was amazing. It was just like, all right. You know, yeah. I, I was like, I was, I was, it was the best audition I've ever had. I killed it. I killed it. Killed. Okay. I met him a year later or maybe less, but it, I think it was in, I met him in, uh, in Nantucket. He was speaking there when my movie Warren was screening there and I ran into Sorkin. I was like, 
uh, Mr. Sorgat, Alex Bay, uh, we, we met uh, in the auditions for, uh, for Newsroom. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I almost, you know, I, I read with you. He said, oh, yeah, we should have given you the part. I was like, what? <laughs> Why didn't you? What do you mean? You should have given. Uh, I, give me the part. No, it was fine. Yeah. But it was, uh, it's funny. Whatever. I don't know if he wanted to, that to be publicized on the air, but uh, it was a good time. It's not up to me. Hey, right? It's up to you, right? It's not up to me. Well, I, I, I'm, assu- well I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of people get parts that they don't. Uh, Man. Wow. Wow. That was Carson. Was that good? That was great. Wow. John. Oh, no. I'm assuming, well, people, you always hear about like John Hamm or whoever it is talk about parts that they didn't get. So yeah. I'm assuming, you know, you're fine in doing that. Um, it happens. It happens. What, what was the first uh, picture you made? I like calling them pictures. I like what calling them pictures. What was the first picture you made uh, after you moved to L.A.? Um, after I moved here, um, Joe Troman I ran into, who is in, who's the guitar player in Fallout Boy, and, and Joe... Um, Joe and I went to high school together, and, and mm. uh, in fact, Joe, I don't even know if he remembers this, but he was in the hallways kind of in high school being like, hey, Bay, you want to start a band? You want to start a band? I'm like, nah, I'm good, buddy. I'm good. And then he goes off and starts Fall Out Boy. Uh, no one's going to listen to your music, Joe. <laughs> yeah. I was like, nah, man, I don't know about that. And so, of course, he goes and starts Fall Out Boy, um, and then I got to know Tony Hale when I first got to town here. He was a really close friend and a great guy, a lovely man. And, um, Tony He's a golden globe winning actor. He's a golden globe winning actor. He's an Emmy winning actor. Right. Tony, um, said, Alex, Oh my gosh, I'm going to this fallout boy video shoot. I don't know what I'm like. I don't know who, who to talk to. Like, Oh, I was like, say hi to Joe Troman. Cause I haven't seen him in years. Like right. it was like eight years since I had seen him. And, uh, Tony doesn't talk to Pete Wentz or, or Patrick, or any of these guys. He goes right to this guy, Joe. And he's like, are you Joe? He goes, yeah, he's like, Alex Bay says hello. And he goes, what, Alex Bay? I mean, I haven't even heard that name in years. He's like, how's he doing? Anyway, so Tony calls me. He goes, hey, so Joe is going to reach out. He wants to get together and have lunch. I'm like, sweet. So me and Joe got together. He saw Sugar, my first film that I directed uh, with, uh, who's in there? Uh, it's Brad Morris. And- Sugar's not the one with, uh, in the laundromat, right? No, so that's, so that's the one I'm getting to. So Joe okay. wanted to make a film with me. And so we decided to make a film. We ca- I called it The Laundry. I wrote it with my friend Ryan Mullins, and it's about two idiot robbers that rob a laundromat. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. You like that one? Tony Hill played a, a, cop. a cop. He's a cop. Yeah. He's a right. cop. And Angela O's in it, and Joe Nunez is in it, mm-hmm. and uh, Brian Petzos and Brian King, and all these guys. Are, it was really, it's a, fun, it was a fun cast. It was great. Colin Camp is in it, guys. I always have a question. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my questions, especially for shorts. Do, do you pay to rent that laundromat out? For the uh, day, you can't. Yes, for the, yeah, that was a. I'm assuming it's not shot a big that budget for, thing, so you probably didn't spend too much time there. Well, we shot it for 25 grand in two, for two days. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now, now. and you did pay. You paid. You paid a little bit. You paid for the cars. You paid for you know actors and right. Um, the, the catering. Where was my right. money? Did I get paid on that, guys? <laughs> Hello. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, you pay. So then, after the laundry was uh, coffee. No, babe. no, no, not coffee. It was uh, babe. babe, yeah. So I made Babe. I got to know Levin Rambin when I first moved out here. She's lovely. And my friend was dating her. And um, it was a very tough time, personally. My brother had passed away in 2009, September. So I got back, and we had just met, I think, with Levin before that, or maybe after. I, I called her, and she was, like, really great during to me during that time as a friend. And... Uh, we were putting this thing together on, for me, on fumes. Just like mm-hmm. I don't even know how I was operating in that fall. It was a crazy fall. Um, but uh, I had the script. My friend Sam- Samantha and I wrote it, and um, 
and we had this. I just figured it out with this girl, Annalise Decker, produced it. Jory Cordy produced it. And we found this place called Pat and Lorraine's Coffee Shop, Pat and Lorraine's on Eagle Rock Boulevard, I think. And it was closed on Saturdays after three. And so we just, I called them up on Saturday morning. I was like, guys, could we, we were supposed to go. We lost our location. I found this place. And we uh, shot there all night from oh, wow. 3 to 3 a.m. Isn't it crazy how small this world is? Because Stephen Taylor is uh, Jory's brother-in-law, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, that's how I met you through Steve. But it's just weird. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's a, it's a very small world. I met Jory and Steven one night in 2008 or so at a, at a, at a vegan Thai place over the hill yeah. with the Jacksons. You know the Jacksons, the Daylights? You know no. that band? Anyway, good guys. Oh, wait, the Daylights. Yeah. Oh, I think, they, they, I think that they opened for Katy Perry. Probably, yes. Once. Yes. In New York, I shot Katie and at Irving Plaza in New York. One of the times I shot it, this one was when I was primarily doing stuff with her. And I think I remember this band, The Daylights, that opened. Yeah, that was them. They're good guys. Kinda Ricky like, and Randy Jackson. Kind of like rockers, like vintage rockers. Total you know? rockers. Yeah. yeah. Their, their music's cool. You'd probably, maybe you could even, during this podcast, cut to their music for a sample if you wanted to. Really? I'm probably not. Probably not do that. Probably or like not. every time we mention someone, you go to like Katy Perry song. <laughs> Or like we go to a clip from well, Manhattan. We mentioned uh, how Mike's using Manhattan DVD as a coaster. Case, as a coaster right now. You could go to a clip of Manhattan where he's like, "Well, I want to talk to you about my book." You know, it's <laughs> I always about I, the I King always values. Just, I, I, I really I really do. I want to talk to you about my book. Really, it's about the King values and uh, you know. The, um, well, speaking of Katy Perry, I just uh, I went to go see The Secret Life of Pets last night, oh, you and did? it I seemed went... like in every kids' movie there's a Katy Perry song somewhere. Oh, is she in? Is there a movie of that in that? No, every preview, every trailer oh, had a yeah, Katy Perry song in it. Too much. I saw Cafe Society last night. How was that? I was going to illegally stream it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he just admitted it online. Uh, I, I, I actually, don't know how I'm doing it. I really enjoyed it. I was driving back east to a dinner that I was, was supposed to happen, but instead it just was a meeting. Right. And it, it was supposed to lead into a dinner, but they, they had to go over the hill, I guess. So and you're sitting there with your salad. I'm sitting there, there, with, like, my, I, I'm sitting there with my thumb up my ass. I'm, I'm in my th- I have my thumb literally up my ass. And uh, I, uh, I, I start driving back east. I see the apple pan. Guys, this is a Friday night. I'll, Friday night. Yeah. I see the apple pan. I say, <laughs> I mean, it's dinner time, right? You go, get a, you go get a burger at the apple pan. You get it. You've never been there, have you? No, guys? I don't you need know to, what you, do you're you, talking about. Do you understand the apple pan is one of the best burgers on the, on the planet? Well, I'm a, I'm, I, I would like to say that I'm a um, self-ascribed. Is that the word for it? A Bur- burger lover? Burger connoisseur. Oh, you're, oh then we need I'm to a, go. I'm a burger purist. Bun, meat, that's it. Well, we, I don't need anything else. No, 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 no. What? You don't just Maybe a bun pickle. The, Maybe bun a and the meat? What yeah. are you talking about? Because what happens when you have a perfect burger no, 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 and you no, have... No. Listen, let, listen. Let, me, let me make my case. If you have a perfect bun, guys, let's go with a lightly buttered brioche bun, toasted uh, a little sure, bit. Sure, maybe. And you got a great mix of meat, probably 80%, uh, 80% fat or 90%. You want a lot of fat. You want some fat. You, I like doing the 80-20 or whatever, I guess. The 80-20 rule. No, the, the meat. I understand. Okay. I think, I think that's what it is. I don't want, I don't want to, I want a lot of lean in there. Sure, you know I understand. I mean? um, when that burger is cooked to a perfect medium rareness and the juice just yeah. oozes into the bun, it creates its own flavor. So you don't need ketchup, you don't need bacon, you don't need cheese. Guys, I totally disagree with everything Michael's saying. I cannot be, I cannot be, I cannot support this. But as a Chicagoan, a connoisseur of proper food, proper. Yeah. 
proper American. We food. can talk about pizza too, but I mean, oh gosh, don't don't do it. Don't get me started. Th- this is your classic New York Midwest clash this is of the ideals. This I is think the we're never going to agree on. We won't. We will have a hard time, especially when the man says he doesn't put anything on his burger. Maybe just, a pickle. Maybe a pickle. Okay. So anyway, I'm driving past. I go, I go see. I so I go see Cafe Society. Sure. With Anna Camp, who's in the picture, and she's in my new picture called Three Women, which I which I saw. You saw it. Saw it many times. Saw a screening, which is great. Going to another screening. We're going to one this week. Mm-hmm. Private one. It's private. Private. You can't, you can't come to it. McCallan sponsoring at Trunk Club, L.A. I can't have any of it. Though. I mean, by the time this airs, they'll it'll be it'll be last. The the screening will have been last night. Man, well, that was fun last was, night. What a great screening! Wasn't that fun? Uh, listen, you know, I talked to Anna Kendrick. Uh, was I talked to her? It all was night. Anna Camp? No, but Anna Kendrick was at the screening. Oh, she was there too. Wow, yeah, I talked to her all I, night. I got her number. Oh, cool. You guys are dating now. Well, no, I, I don't want to say that we're dating. She but, would uh, come, right? Because she's in that new movie, like boys need girls for the for dates. the wedding. Guys need yeah. dates or something. Men need guys want dates. Scott needs a wedding date. Scott or needs so- a wedding. something like that. Right? Someone needs a date. Zach Efron, sure. Efron and that guy Adam Adam Divine, who's he's divine. Workaholics. He's divine. Yeah. Um, I liked Cafe Society a lot. The style is out of control. It's fantastic. The 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 costuming. I mean, they have to win an Oscar for the costuming. Woody Allen. It's fantastic. When did you get into your? Because a lot of your shorts have have Woody Allen. Uh, 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 it, they have his spirit, so to say, around it. I mean, anyone who would watch that thing and say, yeah, he, I don't think he's inspired by Woody is an idiot. He's an idiot. Um, so I I saw Manhattan a long time ago, and that was the movie that I think was like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is what I've been looking for. I, you know, in high school, I always was fascinated with men and women and love and relationships. And, and, it's and prevalent in and your work. Anyone. Prevalent. Men, hey, men and men, women and women. Whatever. I'm just saying. It's I, 2016. I was, it's 2016. I was just interested in how men and women communicate with each other. Right. I think that's amazing. I think it's fascinating. And I studied. Uh, there was a gal in high school who I really liked who, I don't know if, you know, I think she liked me, but I don't think she really liked me back. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. A little bit of an unrequited love. And I think she knows who I'm talking about. Well, she would. She maybe she would. And I, I hope she's listening. I hope she's listening right now. Um, and and I think everyone knows, or whatever her family. Uh, anyway, so I went to college and studied communication, philosophy, and communication, which was I love, and I studied deep in. I got deep in on the understanding. Like Terrence of, Malick, is that what he did? I think he has his doctorate in philosophy. That makes sense. Or like religion or something like makes that. Sense. Or theological studies. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I was always good with kids. I was like working with, I, I don't know, I worked with this organization called Young Life. And I was good with like high school kids and getting to know them all and like kind of, you know, being a good mentor and like an older, you know, like uh, a little bit of a, a mentor to these guys. And uh, I always liked uh, just, just like understanding how people communicated. And so um, my writing was always reflective of that. And, mm. and then sure enough, this guy, this guy, Mr. Woody Allen, who I liked. I love a lot. I love his. I love his movies. Um, but he explores men and women and relationships and God and living and philosophy. And so, would it be fair to say that Manhattan's your favorite Woody Allen picture? I think so. Yeah, personally, I gotta say, um, it's weird because the I loved his probably only non comedy Match Point. Oh, great! Love that movie. Still kind of funny. Yeah. No, it is. It's it's like a black comedy, maybe like yeah, a little yeah, dark very black comedy. Um, but then I love Midnight in Paris. I love Midnight in Paris. You know, 
when I first saw it, I saw it with my friend Brooke, and and she she and I were having a great time in there because I was I was just going, of course, yeah. of course, of course he opens with the, of course it's Paris, of course it's raining in Paris, yeah, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, and the the music, you're mm-hmm. like, of course, yeah, and um, I think. The first time I saw it, I think I got it, but you don't really get that picture until you really watch it. I've seen it thing. maybe oh 12 my, times. It's insane. So far, yeah. I mean, that speech with like Corey Stoll yeah. as Hemingway, I mean, it's and great. We were on the mountain and then we saw the guy and then the guy went down to dinner. You know, it's like, what if and, I just. Would it be amazing? Knew, and that's where I knew that courage was available in all men. And, and, that's right. Do you box? Do you box? <laughs> I mean,. And, and then we saw them. What is it? Like, it's a, such an amazing, I mean, that. Then Diego went up on the hill, and then and we Diego charged. Was, and as soon as we charged, we had explosions we had going on. And, 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 and we charged them, and then we saw them, and we knew them, and we found them, and we were friends with them, and we became friends with them. Yeah, it's like, whatever. <laughs> it's like, it's all Hemingway. He mm-hmm. channeled Hemingway's writing. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's on another level. I just like how they got. I forget, who's the uh, Spanish filmmaker where he goes? I Owen Wilson's like, I have an idea for a film. How about uh, y- y- uh, these guys are at a dinner party and uh, for some reason they just can't seem to leave the dinner party. Why not? They just can't. Why don't they just leave? They can't. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Owen Wilson? I think That's so. Perfect. Yeah. Is it? They can't. Oh wow! 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 wow. Have wow. you seen his wow? Have yeah. you seen the wow? Yeah! Wow! wow. Wow. wow! 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 That's great. We can. Could do you think we could do a whole podcast wow. of Owen Wilson wows? Wow! 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 I gotta tell you, wow! I d- wow! Wedding Crashers, great movie. You know, wow! 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 This is the part where people have tuned out. Tuned out from. I mean, how unreal? Un. How ridiculous is the scene where she's giving him the hand job in the, uh, on the table? Just above the pants. Who wrote that movie? Was that a Todd Phillips movie? I think so. Now we have to look it up. We, we got to, yeah, let's, up. okay, let's see who can find it faster. Um, it's embarrassing. I hope you cut this out because we No, I'm not going to cut it out. No, this yeah, is yeah. part of the podcast. Um, let's see, what is the name? Wedding, I put Weeding Crashers. Wedding Crashers, ladies and gentlemen. In a town uh, it's got no a seventy-five percent favorable rating on uh, on on the movie with the with the tomatoes. Where no one is safe. Um, one man, it's Dave Steve, Dobkin, Steve Faber, and Bob Fisher wrote it. Of course, Bob Fisher wrote it. You know Bob, Bob Fisher? Bob, I tell you what, Bob and I go back a long way, man. I gotta say, wow, what a man, right? What a guy. Well, that's well, Walken was in the movie. Man, wow, man. If that 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 that's one impression. That I wish it has I could to do be done perfectly. It does because if if you if if if, you know, you, if you do it, Mike, you're a great guy. You're a nice guy, man. You're I, great. I can't even do it. You know, you got it. Yeah, it's it's it's. You know, sometimes while I'm driving, in the middle of the night. No, I don't know. It's good. That's kind of good. That's good. Okay. I had this watch stuck in my ass. You I see can't this do watch. It. You see this watch. This watch stuck in my ass for five years no it's <laughs> five years your father your father carried this watch anyway yeah no so um fingers crossed for for walking so why, why, why don't we talk about uh why don't we talk about three women let's talk about three women your 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 your, your most um the recent the recent the, the recent, recent picture. picture sure yeah three women i gotta tell you it looks great thank you it had some it, i i started looking at it, i was like david fincher uh, like a very David Finchery look. Really? Yeah. Do you know what's interesting about that? 
Tell me. My colorist colors all David David Fincher. That's pictures. right. We talked about this. Ian Vertivec. Right. Who's a fantastic, who's a wizard. Did he color seven? He col- Did he go back that far? No, he doesn't. No. Okay. He colored Girl with a Dragon. He colored um, uh, Social Network. Right. A lot of the other pictures. Gone Girl. I mean, all the stuff. Yeah. And and he's fantastic. Morgan Susser shot that. So he gave he gave Ian a nice palette to work what's, with. What's uh, Mr. Susser's? Uh, Susser shot a, a picture called Hesher. Yeah. He shot Joe Coffees. Gordon, Joe Gordon-Levitt. Joe Gordon. Joe, our pal Joe. He shot this picture I directed called Coffees. Love it. And it looks gorgeous. And Ian also colored that picture. Do you think, because there's also a little bit of Woody in you too, you know, going with a lot of the same actors in his movies, uh-huh. like PJ Byrne Love appears Byrne. in a couple of, your, put, of yeah. your films. I want to put PJ in the next darling. PJ, yeah. you hear that? I want to get him on the podcast one day. Let's call him. PJ why, would do it. He would love it. Why don't we do it with the two of you? Oh, let's do it together for sure. Yeah, would love it. I'd have to get another microphone. <laughs> you hear that, guys? <laughs> you hear that? That's funny, right? It's comedy. It's comedy. Yeah, I think. Okay, so so t- tell me about Three Women. Where did the idea for the screenplay come for that? Was that any was it sort of based in reality with any sort of conversations you've had with your friends? Three Women. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote that right here in 2013 in. Like, you know, maybe twenty minutes. I just I just streamed through the first draft. Sure, you know, and it was just uh, maybe eight or nine pages or ten pages at the time. I wrote it because I wanted to write a s- story about. I wanted to write a movie about. Um, I wanted to write a movie that started at a dinner table with a bunch of friends talking and talking about life and love and relationships and. I had an idea, a notion that came to me about the idea that at any given moment in any man's life, there's always three women involved, mm-hmm. the available, the unavailable, and the unattainable. Right. And Which uh, is an almost, which is, sorry to cut you off, but with it's kind of like an idea that if you saw Bronx Tale, uh, oh. it kind of mirrors that. You know, you yeah. have three great women in your life, but your, your three women is totally different in the idea that you do have the one who you can't be with, the one who you're with, and the one who you want to be with, yeah. right? Yeah. So I thought that was a new take on that idea. Well, I think I think I may have also been with the wrong person at the time, who I was like noticing that I wasn't pumped about it anymore, and I was like interested in being with someone else. And I I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think I didn't do anything about it. I'm just right. saying that when you start to notice that you might be with someone that you're not truly happy with, and you would like to be with other people, uh, it might be time to call it a day on that relationship. And I think the also the other lesson. I don't want to go too too far into it because I'm I'm writing the the feature script right now actually for 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 three women. for three women okay okay but um it's going to be an exploration of all these themes and I mean this film this this 14 minute film is really the opening of the movie uh, and it kind of gives us all the textures and all the things all the the soup if you will sure. to play with to to give us what the feature is going to be but uh it's uh it's a really fun idea to play with and it actually for me explores so many different avenues of what relationships are about and what they're like. I mean, that, that really like maybe the girl that you're with is the one, is the one you're supposed to be with and that there's always going to be this someone else out there that's interesting or whatever, yeah. you know, and that, uh, but that doesn't have to be acted on. That's just a fact of life. And if you're with the right girl, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. No. That's or with the right person. Maybe you'll put a bra on that girl on your arm one day. I put a bra? On, on that girl on your own. Oh, the tattoo girl? Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe you'll be with a gal to. who kind of says, you know what, babe? Babe, 
Maybe put a bra on that gal. Then I'll say, "Hey, honey, sweetheart, listen. <laughs> Babe, that's darling, a that's buddy. a bit uh, that's a bit sexist, and it's a bit body shaming. And, and you know quite frankly, I'm offended. Hey, babe, babe, free the nipple. Exactly. That's right. why I did this with a hashtag. You know, yeah. hashtag. I have more than one breast on my arm. There's another one right here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hey, he's filled. He's filled with it. But, uh, but yeah, I uh, and then Tomas Pais. Uh, read it and he said I got some ideas so we sat down one day we really just went through it together and we kind of created a more of a fluid conversational dialogue mm-hmm. and now if, if you see the movie you'll see it's a very at the table this is a, what would happen at a table and how people would talk at a table and it was exactly, yeah. because me and Tomas really kind of like verbally it could have been so pretentious it could have been. been but thank it wasn't you. thank you so. I know it really did teeter on that, and I think well, I hate that because yeah. so I was aware I think of that, and I like I wanted it to be making fun of itself also because you have those conversations in real life with a group of friends, and then someone starts talking, and you start cringing, yeah, because you know what you don't have a psychology degree, sir, right? So kinda, sir, so calm it down, right? No, but I thought the dialogue in, in your movie was very honest. Thank you. I'm dude. I don't know how else to say. I, I'm really proud of that. You write. Film. You write women well. And because I've written some things here and there. And the one thing that I've always noticed is that I kind of struggle on how to write women. But you seem to do it really well. Do any of your actresses, after they read uh, the scripts, do they have any input or do they maybe have any sort of, um, uh, I guess, input? But I kind of want to say, what's the word for? uh, Uh, Like improv or improvising or sure, adding, adding sure, something lines like, yeah, or yeah. creating or changing things yeah yeah no i mean um no mike actually all of my dialogue is perfect so i mean <laughs> yeah. no um yeah, honestly though like i want that i invite that i love to make make it your own if you're on my if you're on my set on my picture make it your own right. um but no if, if you're if you're if i'm high if, if if we're acting together in a picture, if I'm if I'm, if I'm hiring you to act in this thing because I think you're fantastic, I'm hiring you because I love you and I'm fanta- you're fantastic and right. you work and you you fit in, so you, so it works for the world. And usually there's some modulation happening, but it's not like you know Anna said, which was such a, th- a wonderful compliment um, on on the set of Three Women. She goes, I love how you direct because you act in it and you're with us in it, and we're you're setting the tone through how you say the words. Right, and I was like. That was just, I love that. It was so cool because she's worked with so many fantastic directors and now Woody Allen and now, you know, I mean, just so many amazing directors. Um, and, and PJ and I love working together and he's worked with everybody and Scorsese and um, we're trying to find stuff to do together all the time. And uh, everybody was fantastic. Dana DeLorenzo, I mean, Sarah Paxton, uh, Adam who, Shapiro. Who is the who is the girl that... Uh that that played the character of the one with the uh, fiance from New York. Oh, that's that's Miss Abigail Spencer. Okay, because me and a friend we were watching this show called uh, something Love, uh, Burning Love, or something like yeah. that. It was a it's it's basically a uh, uh, um, it makes fun of the Bachelor or the Bachelorette. Uh huh. And um, it's just what do they call that when it's a uh, you know a movie's making fun of an actual thing. Oh, it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a spoof or yeah it's whatever. a bachelorette spoof for the most part and she she was hilarious on that show satire yeah satire sure sure and uh when i saw her in your picture i said oh hey she's hilarious abigail spencer is honestly one of my the, my favorite actresses she's amazing and she's pretty she's pr- very pretty i like looking at her you like looking at her don't you yeah 
Abigail, are you listening? She loves I hearing hope, that. I hope not. She loves that. She loves that. And I love that. She, she loves hearing good. that? I think everyone loves hearing that. Really? She's fantastic. She Where does she live? She said, I'd love to do it, Alex. I love it. It's hilarious. She lives in the valley. Don't this tell is, anybody. This is this is kind of like making me nervous here because your hand's close to it. So oh, it's, it's broken. Me. It's I know, it's but I feel I like that candle. You're gonna get excited. So, um, she lives in the valley. No, whatever. Doesn't matter where she lives. No. Uh, um, Abby and I have been friends for a long time. We met through the f- wonderful, wonderful casting director Carmen Cuba. How willing are your friends to do these pictures of yours? Do they do them if they have the time? They love it. Yeah. Yes. They it's love you- it, which is such a blessing. Right. It's cool because they trust. You gotta earn their trust, actors. Okay, so the produ- let's say uh, the production schedule for these shorts that you do. Um, obviously, you spend time writing it, but the shoot days aren't long. Are there prep days? Do you guys do readings for we these? We did things? a reading with this one re- read through. Abby uh, w- was actually kind of cool not to do it, and it was uh, Abby. It was cool that she didn't do it because she's new to the. Gr- she was she was part of the group, right? So this this character was was in, and the the group came and dana couldn't make it because she was in uh, uh new zealand shooting ash versus evil dead so she literally flew in uh that night before and it was it was a great uh moment uh and um and so um but but yeah um we did a read through the night before and then we shot you shot the next day 12, 12 hours yeah wow but it was great. I mean, everyone loved it. No one needed a read-through. No one wanted a read-through. I didn't even need one. I liked it. I wanted to do it. Right. Uh, it's a lot of dialogue. It was 13 pages in one day, which is heavy. You're, spo- you, you know, you're not supposed to do anything, but it's like three to five to seven, maybe. Pages eight. in a day? A day is a good... Is it eight, eight is a good On day. a short or on a feature? On a feature. But I'm saying eight is a long day. Right. On a feature. On a short even. Any, anyway. It's always a long day. You guys did 13. We did 13, and it's all fluid dialogue, and we shot every angle. We shot the whole thing. So that's why you had only so many. Is that one one camera? One camera. Wow. It was shot, uh, yeah, because it was was shot on uh, vintage anamorphic lenses, Lomos. They looked good. I got to tell you, the flares and the lights, they look pretty good. It's gorgeous. You know, Morgan Susser, uh, he was the, uh, the cameraman on that picture. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, he's fantastic. Wait, is that Morgan from the old neighborhood? Maybe. Got it. I feel like I know him. I don't know. You might know, but he was at the screening the last time. Maybe he'll be at the second screening. Yeah. I'll say hi. You know, I knew um, his mother. There will be other screenings, folks. I'm looking forward to having you see the picture. That is, you know, one of the last things that I wanted to talk to you about. Like, when, when are people going to be able to see Three Women? It's a great question. Um, we're figuring that out right now, and we're, um, we're, we're waiting, talking. Uh, there's some festival conversations happening so if the festival happens then that would be where and then we would go online with it after yeah yeah and i like the guys at vimeo they're lovely they've been good to me and they they staff picked uh coffees and so it'd be cool to maybe uh do that with this you'll get a staff pick i don't know guy you know that's up to them it looks like the type of it just visually it looks like something that gets staff picks i appreciate that thank you on the featured page or whatever you're lovely thank you i mean i try you're a friend of mine you're a guy Uh, you know in in a world of in uh, a world this in a town. That was a good movie, safe. by the way. You should work with Lake Bell. I, I would like Lake. I'd love to work with you sometime. Yeah, great. Okay, it sounds like it's happening. Right, I calling? think so. Someone's calling. No, no, it's not her. I wish. No, but um, what in was that? World, what was that? Yeah, in a this world, summer in a town where no one is safe. In a world, could where I do that? Everybody is offended. I think so. Say in a world where everyone's in offended. A wor- in a world where everybody's offended. 
That's pretty one good. man, Mike Lerner, in a town where ha- no one is safe, has has the audacity, has the audacity to, to speak his mind, to speak his mind, in a world where everybody's offended. <laughs> one man, Mike Lerner, has the audacity to speak his mind. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty good. That was a good what time. would we call that picture? I don't know. Uh, the soloist. Oh, they came out already. Yeah. RDJ. The DJ. Jamie Foxx has his own podcast. I like Jamie Foxx. I, he was very nice. I met him once. You know whose podcast you'd enjoyed? Alec Baldwin. You'd enjoy I, Alec- I already listened to Oh, you do? Here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. He had uh, Corey Fukunaga, who did True Detective. Well, Carrie, but I love Carrie? Him. Yeah. God damn it. I, I'm uncooler by the second. No, it's cool. It's fine. Okay. He's new to town, folks. He's new to the picture business. Listen. You want to make pictures? I do. Cool. I do. I've written some. You know I this. like your writing. I, like, I think you're funny. I want this to be an honest uh, uh, piece of dialogue right now from here. Do you honestly believe that it's funny? I absolutely do. Mike Lerner has a lot of funny ideas. And I, you have good ideas. And I, let's talk further about that offline. I do. How do you do? That's, that's, this is one last thing we can talk about. Okay. Um, you know, since you've been living here for, what, nine years? Yes. There is no easy way to get something done. No, there's is no... Is there any sort of luck involved? Just who you know and who they happen? Like, you well, meet someone, you become friends with them, and then in two years they're like, oh, hey, you know what? You should talk to my friend John. Yeah, but see, it's, it's really beautiful how time works and how, how the, big, the big guy works. You know, I, it's really interesting how it all works because you work your ass off... And then an email comes in, and it's like, oh, that was a lucky email, but that was years of work. Right, exactly. And knowing that person or not knowing that, or someone saw something you did that took years of work, and it was like, say, you know, Spielberg emails you one day or calls you one day. He's like, listen, Alex, I love you. I love you. I, I love you. Is that how he sounds? I don't think he sounds like that. No. Um, but, um, what you know, that would have been happening after X amount of work that you've done and put out. It's like, I love, I love what Mar- Malcolm Markham Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell says about the 10,000 hours. Yeah. It's like, you know, so the luck comes in conjunction with your work for years and years and years. And it feels like, but then there's also those nice little blips that happen. They're like, yep. oh, what? Wow. Thank you. You know, but in the, in, the, in, in the big picture, since, you know, pictures are a theme of today's podcast. Yes. Everything that we do and are going to do has already been decided. I like to think. I think we so. just haven't discovered it yet. Correct. It's all it's all happening. Right. So the thing that you may uh, perceive as luck, as getting that email or getting a phone call, was always going to happen. You know, you're just waiting for that. Uh, waiting for that moment. You're just swimming through, man. That's Staying in I your say. lane. Yeah. I think one day Woody Allen's gonna uh, he's gonna say something about your films. Thanks. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. If he says it in a newspaper, you should cut it out and frame it. Put it ne- next to your Rothko. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I think we're done here. Well, thanks, Is there anything Mike. that you wanted to say? No, I just want to say thank you for having me. And it's, a, it's always a good experience to go talk about stuff or be interviewed. or. Let's do an Alex Bay Part 2 uh, featuring PJ. How about be great. that? Let's we'll do, do that. It. Great. All right, I'll text him. You know? That's good. Text him. Call him. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you for having me, guy. Thank you, guy. <laughs>